impact of COVID-19. We all knew this was going to be a tough time. We need to wrap our minds around a painful truth. We're in the early stages of what is going to become a series of cascading crises. back to uh, the extraordinarily successful country and economy that we've had, uh, that we've built over so many generations. However long it takes. I'm your host, Kazem Virgi, and today I'll be joined uh, on camera and on the mic by Nav Singha, the founder of Ambassador, an app that uses artificial intelligence for uh, restaurant clients. You're looking like a little lonely. You're looking a little lonely over there right now. Look at this big room. <laughs> Empty room, man. Yeah. Wow. This is, this is our main event space on King Street. I've got another building around the corner on Niagara that's twice as big as this. And, yeah. Yeah. And I hope to shoot more lonely content in the next couple of weeks there. <laughs> our office used to be actually right down the street from you guys, so I used to walk by all the time. Yeah, it was oh, really? like a great space. Yeah. yeah, it's a cool space. Uh, I'll have you by at some point and give you a cool walk around. There's lots of interesting things on campus. You know, it's like there's office yeah. space. I've built out a podcast studio. Uh, there's like all these different rooms to do fun stuff when people are actually here. Um, I mean, we do have some people on campus, but yeah, yeah, it's it's an interesting campus. It's something very unique. Um, and it's definitely informed by my old school days in music. Uh, doing DJ stuff all over the place. Oh, really? Eh? It's yeah, funny because you know, I actually, I, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I think that's where we, I, your name first stuck in my head because I think way back, like I never really shop, you used to own a record store, right? Yeah, I used to own a place called Play the Record on, uh, on Young Street. So I had been there, but I was always, like I used to, I, I was based in Montreal and then I was based in New York for a little bit uh, when I wasn't in Africa in Nairobi. And so I was DJing all over the place. Um, and then I think when I moved to Toronto, I was, uh, I kind of gone digital. So I, I might've popped into the shop a couple of times. I remember your shop. Yeah. I remember being yeah. like jam packed little space at the back of a convenience store or something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Was, that's exactly what it was. Yeah. It was awesome. And then, uh, but then also there's another thing because, um, did you buy a place called dragonfly? In Parkdale, I did. Yeah, yeah. So I, 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 uh, I took that place over in 2007, yeah. and I opened. Uh, it's funny, like I, 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 it was. I was still at Play the Record at that point, um, but I kind of, you know, we were getting, we were having our share of like disruption at that point. You know, like first it was like Napster, then it was uh, Final Scratch and Serato, then it was uh, Track Source and Beatport. And by the end of it, we were like, what the, what are we going to sell now? Like t-shirts? This is getting right. crazy. So I was like, I was like, uh, you know, always looking for like, what business can I get into that won't be, you know, digitally disrupted? And I thought that would be food and beverage. <laughs> Go figure. But uh, I, yeah, I opened Wrong Bar uh, at that space on Queen West that used to be Dragonfly. So before you opened Wrong Bar, I had thrown uh, a couple of parties at Dragonfly. I had thrown like my music festival. I, I had this thing called the Indian Electronica Music Festival. Um, oh, I remember you, man. I remember corresponding with you. That's me, It's man. all coming together now. Yeah. Yeah, it's all coming together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A, couple, 
a couple of careers and companies later. Yeah, I, um, I'm thinking of reviving it at actually IndianElectronica.com and bringing back not the whole like production of the events and stuff, <clears throat> but at least the podcast series uh, later this year. So, you know, I, uh, my, my partner, a uh, good friend of mine, Alok and I did a series in Toronto in the early 2000s called Masala. And we did that whole like London sounds of the Asian underground. We brought yeah. like um, Talvin Singh, uh, Badmash and Sri. So we were totally into that as well. Now all the dots are getting connected. Right? I totally remember you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. And it's so funny to, to be reacquainted <laughs> through different means and still like and see us both move out of music and in a kind of technology. And for me now in a real estate as well, a little bit. But mm. uh because I did startup stuff for for a while, um, but also, are you still? So let's, I guess, let's do the like recap on the hospitality angle. Like, okay, so then you were in hospitality from the kind of club operations, like like nightclubs. Uh, you were, you had the great hall as well, no? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I had a, I've had a load of spots. Like, I, I did wrong bar first, then I opened a place in the East End that was like so random, but it was a country western bar called Boots and Bourbon. Okay. And then we, uh, and then we, I had the great hall. We bought the great hall in 2011, uh, held on to it until 2015. Um, I, I still have a, a space that I'm involved with on the main floor of the great hall called Otto's beer hall. It's a great, okay. uh, pretty awesome German beer hall. And, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm still very much involved, uh, with, with, with the restaurant industry. I've got fortunate enough to have some incredible, um, operating partners, um, who really know what it takes to like, you know, um, pay attention to the details that makes a, makes like a restaurant or hospitality based business succeed. And that's of course allowed me to focus on, on things like ambassador, um, in the meantime. So, and, you know, being involved in hospitality has been a really major part of, uh, I think our ability as a platform to like, um, quickly develop, uh, adapt and like, and, you know, test and improve uh, parts of our platform. Yeah. No, it's so important these days, man. I, I mean, even for us, like operating 20,000 square feet with like three staff wouldn't be possible without crazy software that we've developed in house, you know, to automate yeah. as much as possible. Um, so tell me a little bit about uh, Ambassador because it seems like I need to get a handle on all the things it does because it seems like it does a bunch of stuff. And was yeah, this, sure. did you develop it to specifically to help your, uh, your restaurants or your bars first? Uh, um, well, kind of, I, I mean, a little bit of background. I was involved in another startup, Toronto startup prior to this. It okay. was called Turnstile, Turnstile Solutions. Okay. And um, we started in uh, the beginning of 2013. It was uh, a Wi-Fi marketing, like uh, hospitality marketing uh, platform. And um, it was acquired in 2017 by Yelp. And throughout the course of uh, that project and, that, and developing that product, I was always the guy, like the co-founder with like, you know, the crazy ideas. Like, why don't we do this? Why don't we do this? What about this, guys? Hey, guys, what about this? Right? And, um, you know, just constantly like fucking pissing off my co-founders because it was very much at that time, um, you know, that era of startups was very much about focusing on the core. If you want it right. to succeed, you need to focus on the core, develop the core, define yourself. And that's the only way you're really going to stand out and, and, and gain traction. And that's exactly what Turnstile did. Um, 
Um, it was acquired in 2017 by uh, Yelp. And of course, afterwards, I still had all these crazy ideas yeah. that uh, I really thought would fill a gap in, in the not only hospitality business, but, you know, across the board for like uh, small to mid-sized retailers and like independent, you know, just independent entrepreneurs. And um, I, I kind of like called up another uh, uh, friend of mine who's like a really talented hardware engineer and, and you know, started building. And uh, it's been, you know, coming up on like three years now for this project. Oh, really? I didn't realize so, it was yeah, that long. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's that long. Um, is, you know, stuff features in the platform were like quite a long build. And we've been trialing the whole time at my own places uh, with, you know, a handful of like clients and use cases and different scenarios, kind of testing out different parts of what our platform can do. And of course, uh, you know, the current crisis we're in, you know, unfortunately uh, has made a lot of uh, um, what our, our platform can do extremely relevant. And a lot of the businesses that, you know, I was like banging on the door six months ago, trying to sell them on using Ambassador, they kind of remembered us. They're like, wait a second, we know someone who can solve this problem. They called us and we already had their demos spun up, ready to go. Nice. Just like, here you go, guys. Let's go live today. You know, so um, definitely, you know, the, 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 uh, the current crisis has definitely helped to define our product more than ever. So what, okay. So let's, let's talk about all the features. Cause it seems like from my angle, as someone who's kind of like looked at the website a couple times over maybe the last six months, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I don't want to compare you to someone that may be in your space. Cause you're, you're perhaps more niche than that. You're focused on hospitality, but no, it, go for it. It, it reminds me of the journey that, um, that, uh, now ambassadors stuck in my head. It's the only chat bot in my brain. Um, intercom, it reminds me of kind of like intercom, you know, I think they went beyond and in, in my opinion, as a customer, they kind of went into that feature creep madness and got a little schizophrenic and then greedy, uh, of mm -hmm. late and they're robbing all of us who are yeah. customers. But, um, uh, <laughs> to the, to the point, and I say this and for anyone watching this after the fact, uh, I say this because like a month ago or, or like just as this crisis was hitting, I got an email from them saying um, that there's some changes to my account and they're really excited by it and they're going to be rolling out some new stuff. And what it means is the $99 a month that I'm paying now is going to be like $700 a month. It went up like a ridiculous Ooh. amount. And because they tacked Whoa. on all this extra functionality that we didn't need and it wasn't really functionality and it wasn't, it was kind yeah. of at odds with like make your product better, give your customers great value. Uh, yeah. Instead, they're like, we give you so much, you, you owe it to us to pay us. Anyway, so without dissing them, tell me this, the chatbot functionality, there's this kind of like, let businesses speak through their websites better to customers. Uh, and then there's so yeah. much more apparently. So what, what does it do? Well, yeah, so uh, I, can, I can basically break down Ambassador into like two key products. Um, our core products are uh, on, one, on one side, we've got what we call smart cart, which is this super agile, like, e-commerce cart that can essentially live as a widget on your website, live across social channels, excuse me, live in the link out of your, you know, Google business listing, you know, basically go anywhere you need it to go. Like just 
quick link out of wherever your business is mentioned and into this really app-like um, consumer experience with really, you know, user-friendly um, uh, checkout. And, you know, I think we've, we've solved a lot of like the friction of creating uh, a cart instance like that for small businesses and restaurants, especially restaurants, because we've really hit this like every, you know, with a restaurant, every kind of modifier and variant and all that, we've made it far, far less uh, frictionless than a lot of the other products that are out there. So on one hand, that's what Ambassador is. On the other hand, I didn't think that was enough because um, I, you know, the gap we're trying to fill is for those businesses that couldn't necessarily transact um, in within the native app ecosystem. You know, like if you go to like Vinny's Pizzeria down the street, I mean, Vinny's going to try to make an app for his customers to yeah. download, uh, to use to order from him, but no one's going to download that. And if yeah, they do, yeah. There's, there's like too there's many apps be a, on their phone. Yeah, there's going to yeah, be a yeah. Vinny's Pizzeria tombstone on their device for forever now. And they're gonna, not only are they not going to use it, but they're going to look at it as just like waste of time on their on their phone, right? right. Who wants to be that, right? So I was like, we have to solve this problem because, you know, and I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm a bit of a, I'm a rabid soapboxer when it comes to this because I actually feel that Apple largely, largely failed and like, negatively impact impacted a lot of like small to mid-sized businesses yeah and allowed for what has effectively been like a major like aggregation and like sweeping monopolization of the marketplace by like the early adopters who were able to you know adopt and get on board and build these powerful apps and aggregate individual retailers so you know i, I quickly you know realize we need to solve this problem for small businesses that's what smart card is on the other side of that is i see like i see this whole opportunity with ai and bots and intercom and drift and these great companies and i'm like yeah this stuff's awesome you know this is like you know it's like it, it allows you to like silo inbounds allows you to do all this creative stuff with managing like your you know it's it's a, it's a really agile crm and right. whether you're a company of like two or a company of like 200, I mean, there's something in there for you. So I was like, you know, if someone doesn't take this and make it, uh, you know, usable and understandable and viable for small business, this is going to be a whole other opportunity missed. Right. And so that's why it sits there as like, you know, a core part of the ambassador you know, offering in the, in the ambassador platform. And, you know, I'll be honest, a lot of the businesses that use us, they're like, Oh, that's cute. Oh, that's cute. Oh, this little bot pops in and it's automated and whatever. And they might not fully understand the, the, the value yeah. um, that I believe that that part of our, our platform is eventually going to have for their business. So like in terms of right now, the functionality of your chat bot, uh, feature right now what yeah. uh, is it pretty much just a conversational UI you kind of anticipate the uh, question and answers that customers would ask and just pre-program that in and that's pretty much it or yeah sure I mean it's 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 uh it has NLP built into it I mean we can parse tags and you know subjects and 
you know, we focus more on particular particular verticals than others. We have a whole kind of like uh, wine AI uh, functionality built into uh, into uh, Ambassador, which is really fun. I mean, I, I was really passionate about spinning this up where, you know, all the wine varietals are in there. You can ask questions about wine. It'll like spit out, you know, it'll help you like, uh, I mean, I don't want to like oversell this and have everybody go on there and try and break it because that's exactly what everyone's going to do. And they're going to be like, ah, fuck you, Ambassador. You guys are full of it. But, you know, it's early days. Yeah. But essentially, that'll show you kind of like where we're going with it. And more importantly, though, I mean, that to me is the easy part. I mean, it's not easy, but like building out the the natural language processing and, you know, parsing intent and all those things that go into AI and machine learning. Um, that's, that's fine. I mean, that can be done for like enterprise level um, use cases. But what about like businesses that don't have that team that can go in and program these interfaces and program every use case and use that like you know flow chart editor for like every scenario and a b this that and the other to like manage these conversations what about the little guy who can't do that so that's another thing that ambassador is really you know hell-bent on solving and if you look at the limited conversations that we can manage for retailers when you do go on the dashboard um, our our interface for programming the AI and programming the uh, the conversations that uh, a business would choose, like you know the FAQs, um, if you were like the the approach we take to programming uh, the conversational interface is really unique, super user friendly, very easy to use, hmm. survey based, and like you know at the end of it, you can you can have a small business have like you know a little bank of like. 20 to 30 like FAQ knowledge base um, items handled by uh, auto response. So, okay. So the product that we've talked about two main kind of functionalities that it has. Um, what else is under the hood? I'm guessing there's, there's more coming or there's more that is already. Yeah. There. I mean, there's a lot, there's definitely more coming, but I mean, I, as my advisors will often say like, shut up now, stop yeah, talking that's about that stuff and focus. Like, so uh, yeah, I mean, we we definitely have a lot of other things that are are in beta, and um, but for now, I mean, those are the two most uh, the, the two most critical items that I think make uh, Ambassador a super relevant product today. So, and I think, um, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so today, like in the last few weeks, what has been, where have the kind of like asks of Ambassador been that may not have been there, aside from just implementation straight up? Um, yeah. But what are the functionalities people are looking for? And specifically, what are they trying to get out of the product to help them um, in this time, in the last few weeks of this kind of COVID um, zombie apocalypse? Yeah, I think they just really want, um, you know, ways to, to serve their customers. We're talking about a lot of businesses who have, uh, have prior to, to the crisis, um, have not really uh, relied on, like, uh, on, on digital for transacting, right? They yeah. didn't really have an online presence. Man, we have some, some customers that we've onboarded, some restaurants that didn't even have websites. You know, wow. they like contact us, they didn't even have a website and we gave them a whole 360 solution, like, you know, built them a website, threw ambassador on it and spun them up in like, you know, 24 to 48 hours and had them like, you know, I, I, I take a lot of joy. My wife's like, would you shut up those notifications? But 
I personally take a lot of joy in like every little notification coming up in for like those companies when we onboard them, like taking someone from like zero, no digital presence yeah. to like all of a sudden they're like spinning up orders, watching them come in from their loyal customers. And then maybe, you know, calling in like their staff or family member to like help them do deliveries. Yeah. Like, what is that? That's crazy. No, it's right? night and so, day. I mean, this is the thing where everyone's feeling kind of cut off because what we've seen, I think, is in the last few weeks uh, of isolation and people kind of like staying at home. Of course, the retail uh, level experience, pedestrian traffic has gone to like nothing for most of these small businesses that are at retail. So if you don't speak digital, you feel muted. You feel like you can't communicate yeah. with your potential customers or even your existing ones, you know? So yeah. It's definitely been a huge uh, need, I think, for people to be able to sell online. And then how does like, I guess, how does Uber Eats and Foodora and DoorDash and all the food delivery ordering um, interfaces work with or are at odds with or interrelate with what you guys are doing for people in that segment in restaurants? Yeah, so for sure. So obviously when it comes to the restaurant vertical, like a large part of what motivated me was uh, you know, the, the clear understanding of the fact that, um, that the, the commission uh, structure of these third-party platforms was very unsustainable for restaurants. Um, you know, aside from a handful of uh, uh, restaurants that are thriving on Uber Eats, because they're largely takeout-based models, and they've tweaked their numbers and their food costs or whatever to really make, you know, the third-party platforms work for them and make perfectly good business sense right for your for your typical restaurant the numbers just do not add up like 30 percent of gross revenue to a third-party platform for what is essentially you know not to sound simplistic but lead gen right yeah. i mean, yeah. i know there's obviously infrastructure and like delivery logistics and everything that else that goes into it but you know um that was definitely a big part of our motivation with ambassador and just allowing businesses to like take back some of that market share, not only in terms of commission, but also knowing their customer, owning their customer, you know, like having that clear channel. Um, I like to think that ambassador as much of, as it is like an e-commerce tool, it's very much a CRM tool. You can communicate message chat, like have ongoing correspondence um, with your customer base, something that you can't really do with those other platforms. And, and um, so yeah, I mean, right now, a lot of our the customers that we take on board, the businesses, hey, I, I get it. I mean, I even have some businesses that use third, third party delivery. We, you know, we use the Ubers and the DoorDashes and we, we, we suck it up, you know, but like uh, Ambassador can very much work uh, with offering both a uh, self-managed pickup solution and also, you know, integrating those third-party platforms into what we do. Uh, Long-term, is that something that I want to do? Probably not. <laughs> right. But uh, for now, I mean, we probably make, we make it more effective for the businesses to use, that use us to like show people, yeah, you can order for pickup with us through Ambassador, or if you want delivery, here's our, here's our third-party partners. And it's all housed in like one very clean um, interface. Wow. So, yeah. So walk us through real quick the um, the kind of customer story. If I'm a little restaurant, 
I've never kind of gone digital. Let's say I have a website that I can embed your widget into. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I want to start using this magic thing that I found. What's it going to do for me and how do I do it? Or how do I do it and what can I expect? So, um, yeah, I mean, how you do it is you contact us and yeah. we set you up, do a little, usually we can spin up accounts, smaller accounts with not too complex menus and single locations. We can spin them up in like usually 24 to 48 hours. And um, then I, it's usually followed by a call, like very much like this yep. with either myself or someone from our team uh, doing a, a Zoom or Hangout demo and walking them through, having already set up maybe some uh, preliminary items from their menu and showing them how, you know, the, the programming works and the tag structure and the CRM works and then uh, setting up payment. If they require one, we have a, a printer, a chip printer that they can use, a piece of hardware, and we'll drop that off with them and they're pretty well ready to go. So it's not entirely like a SaaS kind of hands-free um, onboarding process. Uh, the product requires a little bit of uh, interaction with you guys to get going with. It, it does. It depends. It really depends on, uh, you know, how, how savvy the, uh, the user is, the businesses. Right. We've got businesses who can, who've onboarded themselves and then like at the end come in with a few little questions and want to go live. That happens too. Um, we also, another part of like uh, what we're doing is like working with other um, web developers. So we've had loads of calls from web devs. Interestingly enough, we had, we've had web devs who've read about our story and what we've been doing over the last month to help restaurants. And we've had like web devs come out of the woodwork willing to volunteer, being like, this is awesome. We believe in this. We want to help you and offer to, you know, the businesses we work with. And so they've helped a lot in the onboarding as well. I mean, we're, our platform might be pretty robust, but we're a lean team, you know? So yeah. um, we are pretty, you know, it's managing all the inbounds and requests we're getting, you know, it's having that kind of help come, come at us has been really useful. And um, we've also, you know, long-term, I think we probably will get to the point where, we are much more SaaS oriented, but at this point, that's not really our focus. And we, we actually shut that off where we were doing a lot of like SaaS inbound from other cities. But mm -hmm. right now we're really dedicated to like helping our city and our focus is on Toronto. Wow. So, you know, that's, that's where we're going to focus. I have no doubt that when we, we prove what we can do in this city, I mean, we do have some accounts in like Calgary and Vancouver and stuff, but we're, we're very much about Toronto in this moment. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Makes sense. Um, what, so what do you think the next few weeks or even months look like in terms of as you get more, uh, we're talking specifically about restaurants, but as you get more kind of customers, uh, hopefully being able to access their customers through digital channels more effectively and keep enough business that they can stay afloat and so on. Um, what do you think the whole restaurant sector, uh, do you have any kind of crystal ball predictions for, for the, the restaurant sector? sector? Sure. I mean, hey, it's, it's not going to be easy uh, by, by no means. Even when we, when we get past this and businesses, you know, start to open up again, I would argue that like, you know, restaurants were largely, largely some of the first businesses impact, negative, negatively impacted right. uh, by the crisis. And we will continue to be negatively negatively impacted, I think for for longer than anyone else. You know what I mean? Like, 
it's going to take a long time for consumers to, you know, trust and like, you know, feel comfortable in public spaces. Yeah. Yeah. For a lot of us, like so much of what we do in our brands is like, you know, here I am with my hats, like us, we, you know, me, like, because I am very much of that industry, you know, it's, it's, it's like, it's everything we build for ambassadors is about helping me too at the end of the day. Right. 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 With, with what I do in the restaurant industry. But like, you know, we're, we're definitely going to have a battle to fight. And like so much of what we do um, in like the sit down restaurant, you know, space is, has to do with setting that environment and that yeah. atmosphere and that's going to be so hard to get back after this happens you know yeah you too right like, <laughs> yeah, you know, how, how do we how do we how do we make people feel safe in our spaces again how do we make uh you know you know make them feel like it's going to be okay you know and there's, there's going to be a continuing challenge for a while and that's why like right now as much as like there's those businesses calling us who are like, yeah, we want to get online now. We want to sell now. We want to do takeout ordering, delivery, all of that help. And we're like, yeah, sure, we can do that. But like, you know, I very much hope that the other businesses that aren't doing that right now, and for sure, some of my restaurants aren't doing that. This is a real crucial moment, you know, like, you know it as well. Like, this is where the decisions you make and the planning you do and the new technologies that you uh, adopt um, are really going to have an impact upon how things, you know, transpire once this is over. You know, yeah. you got to equip yourself with a new set of tools to, to kind of weather a very new marketplace, new needs, new customer behavior. And, um, you know, I, I hope most, most operators, I mean, you know yourself, right? Like, on an average day when you're busy, how much time do you really have to like take on, you know, new, new, innovate, new innovative products? How many people call you, yeah. you know, like you can't do it. You don't have the bandwidth. This is a unique time where I feel like business owners and, and restaurateurs, you know, um, you know, like uh, work share spaces you know like yeah. everybody should be taking that extra the liberty of extra time they have right now to kind of like really seriously entertain some of the the new technologies that are emerging and by by any means we're just like a drop in the bucket of everything that's going on right now right there's so much creativity coming out of this crisis and people who are like pivoting and you know basically trying to do whatever they can to help businesses and you know i would just say take a moment to really look at what's out there and, and see what's going to help you adapt for once we can all, you know, so to speak, turn the lights back on and open our doors again. I agree. I think the initial response a lot of businesses had uh, and my, myself included was like, as soon as cash flow went to nothing, it was kind of like, Oh my God, because if you're an entrepreneur, what are you used to for the most part, especially if you bend towards the sales side of things, you, you're trying to turn on multiple taps wherever you can to bring in cash. Ooh. And I think, uh, that was the first couple of weeks was people figuring out that they can't necessarily do that this time around because the marketplace itself has changed. Um, so dealing with this, uh, this kind of time as an opportunity of, of embracing downtime. Absolutely. I totally agree that uh, it's an opportunity to kind of look around at the business that, you know, everyone operates and say, um, how can I make it better in a way that is more sustainable? Uh, and, 
also like for us, I've looked at things to uh, to improve our operations that definitely I would not have been able to with the headspace that I was in being active, um, you know, and with staff to reporting to me yeah. 400 people to 500 people a day on campus. Um, yeah. You're busy operating. So yeah, yeah, it's like the opportunity if, you know, everyone, whoever's watching this, if they had the good fortune to be able to finance through massive amounts of debt, this downtime uh, or otherwise and stay open. Um, yeah. I, I'm looking at it like starting from scratch, but with the business intact, which is kind of an exciting place to be if you can get in that headspace for sure. Yeah. Um, so anything else that uh, you want to kind of add to this for people that may be watching, you mentioned uh, web developers type people, you know, techies have been reaching out. Are there any specific, um, hires that you're looking to make or otherwise any type of talent you'd like to add to your team in the next little while? Yeah. I mean, we're definitely going to need to work. Uh, we need, we need like uh, sales slash more people to do like sales slash onboarding for, uh, for our team. Yeah. Um, I would say, uh, you know, large points kind of like right now. I mean, my focus is just on like, helping people come out of this in a way that they're going to be able to rebound very quickly. Um, we've really kind of like thrown a lot of what were our concerns before, like, uh, you know, how do we show, you know, paid, paid users and subscriptions and like, you know, getting, getting those like, uh, you know, monthly recurring kind of like users on our platform threw that all over the shoulder as this thing unfolded. And we were just really dedicated on like helping people now in the moment because I don't think we're alone with this. Um, I really believe that all the businesses that we're like helping right now are, are if we succeed in helping them, they're going to be our customers for life, you know, and they're going to want to invest in what we're doing. They're not going to question. I mean, our fees, our, our subscription fee model is like super approachable, very, very, you know, it's not cost prohibitive at all. Yeah. And I, I don't think they'll ever question how much they're paying for our services. And so, yeah, I mean, at this point, that's all we're focused on, helping as many businesses as we possibly can and helping them get through this, helping them prepare, even the ones that aren't necessarily going to, you know, um, be operating with our platform right now. Uh, you know, we've got, we've got BIAs approaching us now who see the value and are like, yeah, okay, let's help get our businesses prepared, right? And I think we're in a pretty uh, interesting time because so many of us uh, start up, whether it's startups, com companies, existing companies are like really taking this approach to helping right now. So there's no shortage of, shortage of resources out there. Yeah. It's a great time to be building relationships and strengthening yeah. them and making sure that, that, you know, it's a good time to test people's kind of how you work with people as well. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome, man. So yeah, I hope I covered some of what we do and I hope I kind of like uh, de help define our product a little more. Uh, I think definitely. No, it sounds like, I mean, it's a pretty compelling product uh, from what I heard, you know, uh, for small size businesses, small, medium size, really uh, anyone who's kind of struggling with that, like, you know, how do we talk to people? How do we reach people? Especially if there's inbound. I think this is a big problem, right? Is it like you, you might have a lot of, um, inbound because you've got a brand, you're an old company, but you've never really embraced the new digital era. 
So you don't have all these like followers and fans that you know the names of. It, it sounds like critical time to be like Rolodexing them and uh, yeah, for sure. And having a way to like just chat with them. Um, yeah. No, I would say the most unique thing that's emerged for us is like, you know, we used to, prior to this, uh, the crisis, we were very much focused on like single unit, you know, businesses. And what's emerged now is uh, a lot of multi-unit businesses that are able to, and we quickly like, uh, quickly been able to like build out some pretty robust like uh, solutions where it's like um, a marketplace for multiple users. Like whether it's like a franchise with like 30 locations, you know, all the individual um, retailers within that franchise schema can all use ambassador and kind of live in this one marketplace, but yet silo off into their individual like respective instances. So there's an opportunity there as well. Um, like I mentioned, we've got some BIAs approaching us, like small cities that are like, Hey, we can use this for all the retailers in our main street and kind of use, use your technology to kind of create a hub for all of these businesses to kind of like create this, this ecosystem and marketplace for what they're doing under our BIA banner. Yeah. Right. So pretty awesome well, when things I, like that. When I saw that city hall uh, here in Toronto rolled out that weird kind of donate to your favorite restaurant portal. I don't know if you saw that or so your yeah. favorite neighborhood business. I, I was confused because I was like, no, something like using ambassador for every business and paying for it for six months as the city and setting it up. Uh, would have been perhaps a lot more compelling because the idea is we want to build sustainability for these businesses and not treat them like charities. Um, yeah, well, there's been no there's been no shortage of our team like talking to the talking with the city and they've been very supportive. Um, Tourism Toronto, EDC, like lots of lots of uh, branches and people at the city have been super supportive of what we're doing. But you know they also have their priorities. Right, uh, and they have to prioritize where they support, and they've got a you know a map of objectives to satisfy. Um, I have no doubt that 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 you know once the dust settles on some of the more more pressing issues they're dealing with, um, they're gonna they're gonna be very helpful in like in helping us do what we're doing. Um, they they have something pretty awesome called uh, uh, Toronto to Go, which is they took they built a portal where uh, kind of highlighting all the businesses that are currently operating. Oh, nice. Um, and, and giving, you know, consumers, uh, you know, an easy way to find options and to support restaurants. So that was a great, a great um, initiative they took. But yeah, for sure. I mean, we, you know, in a perfect world, we would onboard anybody and like, you know, open up anyone who approached us, uh, you know, but we have been reaching out to the city and other, other organizations to help us with some managing some of the inbounds and, and maybe uh, assisting with onboarding businesses, you need our help. Mm. So hopefully that'll happen. Yeah, that'd be great. Well, for anyone watching, yeah. I mean, anyone wants to help out in this initiative and <laughs> this company, I think it sounds, it sounds really uh, like an opportune time for people to, to embrace technology through a platform like yours. So all, all, Thanks, man. all we can do uh, is spread the word. Um, and I'll let a Appreciate few people that. in our neighborhood know, uh, to check it out and uh, do some email introductions. That's great, man. I appreciate it. Awesome. Maybe, 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 uh, maybe start well can, uh, we can spin up a little, uh, instance for start well too. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm game for it, you know? Like, what, yeah. aside from the chatbot, which is the only reason we're using Intercom, we're not using it for any CRM functionality at this point because I use uh, Streak. We pretty much have, uh, we're a Gmail organization, so everything's just yeah. embedded in my browser. Um, but Yeah, man, we'll totally hook you up. It'll only be $699 a month. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god and a heart oh attack god. those guys are so crazy man i can't believe that email Whoa. yeah it's Holy shocking god. man 99 like, you expect the opposite especially going into march you know it'd yeah. be like due to covid we want everyone to be able to use our product yeah, for yeah. free for three months you know yeah. oh man i got some i got some like ridiculously tone deaf emails uh, through the early days of this crisis. I think, I mean, I'm, I'm usually pretty good at responding. If someone sends something like that out, I'm not going to let it pass. Yeah. I'll take five minutes to let it be known. Like you're out of line. Right. 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 And, uh, and, uh, sure enough, I mean, some of the companies that I've called on that, I've watched them switch. Like, you know, we, there, there's definitely some tone deaf, uh, tone deaf messaging early days. I think everybody's like, you know, switch their MO, uh, more recently though and and yeah. realize it's hard times for everyone so i think initially everyone just freaked out and then we saw all sorts of character flaws in in brands you know uh because yeah. of this and yeah. with the, kind of like everyone being sent home i think there was another cultural shift in organizations where you know typically uh most organizations who are used to having everyone in an office physically together didn't necessarily have the blueprint for how to um let's call it manage or you know, uh, organize their teams and new workflows that are digital. So that's been yeah. a whole learning curve. And I think in the midst, yeah, absolutely. Weird uh, personal um, issues may have may have blurted out over company lines all over the place. We've got a bunch of yeah, those emails. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And unfortunately, a lot of landlords, commercial landlords in the city left holding the bag on, on mortgages and, and their uh, obligations haven't been um, necessarily too communicative with their tenants in a way that yeah. helps. So that's a whole nother angle. Yeah. Um, but well, that's I, hope, something... I hope that's not the case for you guys. Cause you know, well, it's been difficult, but the thing is we're trying to honor all commitments that, that we've made and treat this like it's a regular operating day, even though we have no revenue, which is scary, but it's, it's, it's part of my whole, like, you know, startup agile methodology is like, let's assume that there's for whatever reason, no clients, for the next three months because of stuff we're not doing right. You know, like what, and, yeah. and, and treat it like an opportunity to learn from the worst case scenario. Um, mm -hmm. So financing the debt uh, aside, uh, the idea was, yeah. you know, minimal operations. How do we get better at everything that we do and what our product offering is for the new market paradigm that's emerging, uh, whether it's a socially, socially distance, um, you know, kind of, reality, which I don't really buy into. I don't think in, in, in six months from now, um, you know, all these seats behind me are going to be a third of, of their capacity. I, I really don't buy that at a bar, you'll have one or two people sitting um, instead of four or five or six. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, that's TBD. Instead, I've focused on um, our pricing tiers, um, you know, changes we can make to the actual infrastructure to make it better for when people return. Um, mm -hmm. and figuring out more flexible ways for people to use space. Cause that's something that I think Startwell has been really good at. I've been iterating since day one in 2017 on is 
How do we blend offices, meetings, and events into a single campus in a way that's all monetizable and ideally working towards a 24-hour revenue cycle? So mm-hmm. that's, we're already ahead of the curve on some thinking of that compared to like large Ritz and, uh, and property companies that are looking at you know, retooling office space by um, decreasing density alone. I don't think that's a solution. I think it's more about um, thinking about how people can use space in ways that are more uh, intimate, um, you know, and, and possibly spreading that throughout the schedule of months, years, hours, whatever the time period is, um, and all this stuff. So I think it's an interesting time to think, you know, and just spend a lot of time kind of um, testing everything that you know is true and, uh, and questioning it. Um, so it's been fun for me so far. Yeah. You got to keep the chin up and, yeah. uh, you know, just, uh, just keep going. So. Well, what's the worst case bankruptcy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not going to happen. We're not going <laughs> to let that happen. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. We're, we're here for a while. Yeah. That's great. I really appreciate you, uh, taking the time to find out, uh, you know, what we're up to over here. An absolute and, pleasure. Uh, great chatting. I'm hoping we can uh, get together soon. I'll walk you through the whole campus and we'll do a proper hangout. Um, and fingers crossed that's, uh, that's sooner than later. Yeah. Same here. Flip me your credit card details at the end. I'll get your <laughs> subscription filled out. <laughs> nice. 